Welcome back to the Corona Cup Battle of the Bands. Today is April 21st. It is a Tuesday. It's day 29 of lockdown here. Whatever, who cares? Um, and we have the final matchup of our California region today with our number two overall seed uh, taking on one of the albums that advanced from the preliminary round. But before we get to the specific albums, we have Emma Ross and Charles Allen on the call today. Evan Morris is writing in. Uh, so four panelists today. And uh, the albums in question are Paul Simon's 1975 album, Still Crazy After All These Years, which advanced from the preliminary rounds, beating Styx's Paradise Theater. It takes on the number two overall seed, the 1967 classic Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band from the Beatles. Uh, two outstanding albums with really long, mouthful titles. Um, that's my opening thoughts. What about y'all's? Um, I'll say there's one clearly better than the other, and I but they're both very good, and I'm sad they had to go up against each other. Well, there will be casualties, Emma. There will, but I will mourn them. My humanity is not yet gone. <laughs> Charles, yeah, I, I I can echo those statements. Uh. I think it, it's Paul Simon drew a a pretty a pretty crappy hand for this. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, there aren't very many albums you could uh, match up to Sgt. Pepper's, and it would be too much of a contest. But we'll see what happens here. Um, I guess we'll start with Paul Simon. Uh, granted, we have heard the album before, um, uh, but nevertheless, we uh, it, you always sometimes you you gather new things the second time through um here's evan's write-in comments evan wasn't on the the previous uh episode to feature this album so this was his first look at it he says i really like the chill vibe uh on this album i enjoy the work of simon and garfunkel but i would say that they're better together than either on their own i enjoyed the really folky feel uh frankly folk is probably my number two genre after metal i know that's very weird um and, and I thought guy. his expedition into soul and gospel with Gone at Last was really awesome. 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover was the only song I recognized, and naturally I really enjoyed it. That's what Evan has to say about Paul Simon. Emma, give us your take. Uh, not too much different from last time I listened to it. Yeah. I still I still love Still Crazy, and I still love 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Uh, Night Game is still the one that kind of not... I didn't like it more than the average song, but it struck me more. I think just because of the lyrics, they were a little bit mm -hmm. odd, but it's, it's cool. And what was the other? Oh uh, yeah. Gone at last is still the one that like of the rest of them. I enjoyed the most mm -hmm. behind the two hits. So I didn't have too much new. I, I can agree with Evan that Simon and Garfunkel are better together, but Paul Simon is such a beautiful musician. They both are. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, I don't know. It's it's one of those albums where it has a few songs that are just so beautiful they'll just break your heart. I, okay, okay. There's only one heartbreakingly beautiful. That's still crazy. And then there's one that's just so great and catchy, which is Fifty Ways. But it's just kind of one of those where I think it's a better album to have on CD and or Spotify and skip through at the end of the day mm -hmm. than like an entire album experience you need to have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not not a lot of revelations, but it's still good. Paul Simon's still good and still crazy. <laughs> Very clever. 
Uh, have- Charles, give us your thoughts. Yeah, I um, I thought it was a good album. You know, same as I did last time. It was it had certainly had its highs, and I don't think it really had any lows. But there were certainly some plateau moments where it kind of where you know it certainly has its hits, and the hits are hits for a reason in the album. And uh, yeah, it's it's just a just a good album. It's I do agree that it does suffer without having the harmonies between Simon and Garfunkel together, just having Simon. Uh, but the the writing is still just as good as it ever was with Simon, and his voice certainly isn't bad. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was a it was a very good album with some very very good songs on it. But I think it's just unfortunate what it's going up against right yeah i um you know having a second look at this myself i really like you guys kind of said i didn't take a great deal from it that i didn't before um still crazy after all these years is still very pretty very pleasant to listen to um witty lyrics great song all together and then my little town is very very good too um again this is the paul simon featuring art garfunkel song um but i really like it i think it's uh one of the standouts of the album i do it for love was also good um and then 50 ways to leave your lover what is excellent um witty clever rhymy awesome song I don't know about Night Games so much. And then Gone at Last revives the album a lot. Lots of good energy to start off side two. Some folks' lives roll easy is all right. Have a good time is all right. But the last couple songs in particular, to me, just kind of fade to black. Um, They don't leave any impact on me. They just sort of pitter out. Um, But again, very good album. Probably his best. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm going to challenge the assertion that Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel are uh, better together than separately. I'm going to instead pose this uh, argument, that uh, Art Garfunkel has a beautiful voice, but is um, on his own struggles, uh, whereas Paul Simon excels. And I am generally of the opinion that Simon's solo work does uh beat out that of the duo um so i i think it may be a little unfair to call art garfunkel the marty Janetti of simon and garfunkel but uh i i can um draw that parallel a little bit if you didn't get it it wasn't for you um that being said uh very good album just again it's a shame that it's uh being led to slaughter here in the first round um I think that um that you're right that Garfunkel didn't do nearly as well on his own as Simon did. I just I still think that that Simon and Garfunkel together had just a higher volume of hits and therefore just more really good ones. And I think like Yeah. I don't know who wrote the songs for them. Did they did they co-write their songs? I think Simon wrote pretty much all of them, didn't he? I get I don't know. That's I was asking, but um I don't know, something about Something about the two of them together, they had better, like, pretty ballad songs. I just like more of their stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, uh, we'll go ahead uh, to Sgt. Pepper's here, of course, one of 
history's most beloved albums. Here's Evans right in. He says, I've never really listened to this before. Uh, I always thought the album art was kind of weird. Um, I've always heard it heralded as the first concept album, but I don't really think that's the case. Uh, to me, a concept album is an album that tells a cohesive story over the whole thing. And in my cursory listening, I didn't really see that. I get that the gist is that it's a fish, uh, fictional band playing a live show, but that's really it. Overall, the music was okay, I thought. Uh, some of it was pretty cool. I liked the title track, uh, When I'm 64. Uh, but most of it I just thought was weird. Not my favorite Beatles album. And uh, this last comment I consider musical sacrilege. He says, I do think it's funny that like Abbey Road, this one had one extra song on the end that I didn't think should be there. What? Shut the fuck up. The best song like the Beatles ever did at the end. I want him off the show. I think, I think he forfeited his, his role. (laughs) That is, that is is sacrilege. Um, Let's set it right. Emma, go ahead. So this album of all of the Beatles albums probably has the most meaning to me, the most nostalgia. The reason for that is very stupid. So when I was young, there was a man, the man's name was Mike Myers. You may have heard of him and Mike Myers in his, um, in his success and in his hubris decided to make a live action version of the cat in the hat. Now, The movie goes on as those movies do, and in the end, there is a cover of Getting Better in the part where he's fixing the house. I must have seen that movie 50 times in in years five and six of my life. And one time I was riding in the car with my mom, and she said she wanted to listen to the Beatles. She passed me a bunch of CD cases. I saw Getting Better on one of them. And I was curious if it was the same song, and lo and behold, it was. And because I wanted to hear that song over and over again, we ended up listening to Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the whole album, a lot when I was young. And as such, um, I remember literally every single track on here in order because I listened to it so much when I was a kid. And all because Mike Myers made the cat in the hat. So, that aside... (laughs) Um, I, so yeah, this, this album, I've always known it as long as I can remember, I've known this album and I've always loved it. Uh, Sergeant members, the opening track, it's too long to fucking say it's great. Um, leads right into with a little help from my friends, which is also very, very good. It's better than the cover. And I can't think who sings it now, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, I had forgotten exactly how annoying the voice is on the verses. It's an iconic chorus, of course, but um, the, the it's like, okay, enough of that. Uh, getting better. What brought me to the album in the first place is still very good, although upon listening at 20 instead of 8, the lyrics are a little bit fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. A thing, doesn't it? When we're we're doing these close listens of Beatles albums, we're finding more and more of their songs are a little twisted. Yeah, because you, um, you know, uh, little known fact: John Lennon was an asshole. Right, big one big gaping asshole. Fuck John. I, I, I think it's a yeah. I mean, to me, that's not a little known fact. But I, he, the fact that he's so anointed as the god of hippies is a little no. ironic. 
lot um, little known so much as widely ignored. Sure. Let's, let's put it that way. Well, that happens when people get murdered. It does. Um, fixing a hole is not my favorite on here, but it's fine. It's just a lot of the songs, like if you listen to them on their own, they wouldn't be worth a shit, I don't think. But when they're all together, it's a very it's almost like it has this whole other quality to it, to listening to this whole thing, because it's so weird, and it is very much, like, early attempt at a uh, concept album. It has that feel. Sure. Um, the one exception to this album that I absolutely hate, I hate She's Leaving Home, I always have, I think because when I was little and I was listening to it all the time, it made me sad. Um, mm. I didn't like thinking of, like, oh my god, why is that kid abandoning her parents and making them sad? Um... I'm not so traumatized by that anymore, but it still just sticks in my mind as a song I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, I just don't think it's that good anyway. Um, but I I hate it for probably an unreasonable reason, but whatever. Um, within you, oh no, wait. Uh, Benefit of Mr. Kite, again, very weird, but it fits here. It just does. It's good. Um... Within You, Without You is, I don't know if it was one of their first times using a sitar, but... I, yeah, I think so. That came from they, their going to India and George fell in love with the sitar for some reason. Yeah, well, they did a good job. Um, it's, again, that that's probably like the biggest, I'd say... Okay, no, it's not. Um, that's not true. Um, I was going to say it's kind of the biggest um, departure from their normal style on this entire album. Um because it's just so strange but it's it's not my favorite but it is good and it is very interesting and they could have had far worse departures from this i think from like their kind of overall style mm-hmm. but i'd almost say that when i'm 64 is almost a little bit bigger of a departure cuz now they're older than and, that yes and yes it's kitschy yes it's annoying and i love it it's adorable. I love it. It's fun. Um, I actually saw Billy Joel sing a little bit of it when I saw him in concert because he was 64 at the time, so he thought that'd be a fun time. Um, and it was. Uh, so I, I like that song. It's one of the other ones that I like when I was little and listening to it. It was one of the first other ones besides Getting Better that I kind of latched on to, I think just because it was easily digestible and the lyrics made more sense than a lot of them on here. So... It's one of my, like, nostalgic favorites, I guess. Lovely Read is very good. Um, not, I mean, not in the grand scheme of their songs, but I like it. Um, good Morning, Good Morning, I kind of go back and forth on. It's fun for a while, and then it just gets really irritating, I think, the more you listen. Not not the longer you get into the song, but the more you listen to it over and over. It's, like, too much. It's too, like, ah, yes, yay, good morning. Um, but it's fine. The reprise is good, of course. And then A Day in the Life is gorgeous. Fuck you, Evan. <laughs> um, it's it's beautiful. I had never listened to the lyrics that closely again before today. And I love it even more now, as depressing as they are. It's very, very clever. It's very fun. And you pair that with just there's just something beautiful about the musicality of that song that I really do appreciate. Um, Billy Joel also sang that song, the entire song at the second concert I saw him do. He, uh, he likes to cover the Beatles, especially from this album, apparently. 
Um, but yeah, a day in the life is beautiful. It is. I will. I will say it's a little bit of a, a weird way to end the album, considering they put it after the reprise, and it's not super super in line with the, the style of the rest of it. But I don't think it's bad. I think it's quite the opposite. I think it's a very good ending. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, so yeah, overall, this was a big, giant nostalgia trip for me. Sorry for the whole cat in the hat diatribe, but it's true. Um, and yeah, the cover's fantastic, and there's still a guy on it that kind of looks like you, Jake. I know we figured that out a long time ago. Yeah, but- I'm told. Aren't we um, all on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band? If you truly look, we can all find ourselves in the cover of Sgt. Pepper. Yeah, so, uh, fantastic strange but put it all together and it's fantastic um when it's my turn i'm gonna share my theory with why i think a day in the life ending the album is a stroke of absolute brilliance but i'll get there in a second charles give us your thoughts well i think in my personal humble opinion that a day in the life is the best beatles song period it's their magnum opus i don't think they ever had a single song that was better than it or did anything prior to that that was better than it. It's just an epic song, you know? It's just this, like, culmination of all their their musical genius and just of what they were truly capable as musicians, as as artists, rather than it just as, like, kind of before that, you know, as just the celebrities that they were. It was like, this is what they're capable as, you know, these historically great, artistic musicians and i thought it was a easily the best song on the album but other than that the albums i i felt it was pretty consistently good i do think the the weird sitar song kind of comes out of nowhere because there's no more sitar on the rest of the album and it's just like george going hey look what i can do i hung out with ravi shankar um right that was uh if that's how you say his name i think um i believe you're right yeah yeah, it just kind of felt That's like... That's how a, I say his name, yeah. anyway. We could both be wrong, but who knows? Just like, hey, I learned to play the sitar. Let's put a song in the album for that. Um, I actually like... I really like uh, Ringo's voice, even though it technically isn't, like, a really beautiful singing voice. I think it's just a fun voice, and um, uh, A Little yeah. Help From My Friends is just a fun song, and it's good to put in at the as the second song on the album. Um, I really like that song. Uh, I like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. I think that's really good. It's there's like what didn't there like recently come a movie came out that was named after that song? It is possible. I think so. Yeah, I think something did. I don't know. It's just like it feels like everything in this album is iconic and like famous. It's just a great album. I mean, there's so many hits here. Um. I think the reprieve is great. I do really like the you know the first song and the reprieve. I think it even on its own it's a pretty good song. Um, yeah, I just I really really liked it. I've always I've always liked the Beatles. That was some of the stuff I grew up with. Um yeah yeah no it's 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 excellent. Um so let me look at it here. Um yeah I mean Sgt. Pepper's a lot of people call it the best Beatles album ever made a lot of people call it the singular greatest album in the history of music um Rolling Stone magazine has a list of the top 500 that I've referenced on here a lot they have Sgt. Pepper at number one the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame also has uh, Sgt. Pepper at number one 
because of that, I think it's impossible for it not to be overrated. I would, I'm not even sure it's the best Beatles album, <gasps> but, but, uh, it is still, it, here's the thing though, because it's the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's can be not the best Beatles album and still be the second best album ever. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm not laying claim to that. I'm just kind of talking. Um, the title track is awesome. Kind of sets in motion everything that is to come. And then with a little help from my friends, I love that the entire first song builds up to hype the second song. And so you spend two minutes building the, to this, this release of this second song with the superstar Billy Shears. And then it's Ringo. And I love that because you have, to me, in a sense, this is an, this is the tip of the cap to Ringo because the entire first track is John and Paul hyping up Ringo, which is very cool and not ordinarily the way Beatles stuff goes. Um, so yeah, I really like uh, a little help from my friends. Uh, you, Emma brought up the Joe Cocker version, which I also like. I don't think it's better. It's just so dramatically different that yeah. it's I don't even compare the two in my head really. Um, also, because I never hear the Beatles version without Sgt. Pepper's preceding it. Um, there, that's another one of those pairs of songs that gets radio play together because they don't really feel right without each other. Um, and then we get to Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, which I really, really like. Also, um, excellent psychedelic classic. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's drug heavy and a little dumb, but I like it a lot. Um, getting better, I like it a lot. Um, that's one of my like breakout. If you if you can call anything on this album a like deep cut breakout, I don't know if you can because it's so beloved, but that'd be one of mine. Um, yeah, acknowledging again that the lyrics are a little weird, but. That's the thing, um, especially in this period of stuff. Fixing a hole, I liked. Um, She's Living Home, it was, to me, the most forgettable song on the album. I don't think it was the worst, just forgettable. I just don't have a lot to say about it. Um, Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite is fun and wacky. Um, I remember seeing McCartney play that uh, at Bush Stadium a few years ago when I, when I saw Paul. Um, and I was very surprised when he launched into that song. I did not see that one coming, um, particularly because it's a Lennon song. And uh, I, I, you know, Paul, ordinarily when he does Beatles songs in concert, he's doing the ones that he sang on the albums. Um, so that was a, a good turn out of left field. Uh, no pun intended, because it was in Bush Stadium. Get it? Um, Hardy har. On side two. <laughs> <laughs> on side two we had uh within you without you the sitar okay i don't get sitar stuff really i'm not crazy about the way sitars sound they racist strange to oh, shut up <laughs> they sound strange to me in classic rock music and this in particular because there was no sitar anywhere else on the album came out of nowhere and I didn't care for it. Um, and then when I'm 64, I have a love hate relationship mm -hmm. with this song 
because it's irritating to me. But then I stop and think about it. I'm like, this is just the same happy-go-lucky Paul McCartney shit that he does all the time. This is no different than Maxwell's Silver Hammer, you know, and I like that. I love that song. Uh, so I can't, I can't really sit here and pick this apart too much. Um, Lovely Rita, I really like. Um, that and Getting Better are like my favorite lesser-known quote-unquote songs from this album. Uh, Lovely Rita is wonderful. And then Good Morning, Good Morning annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> um, it annoyed the hell out of me. I, I that's why nope. I said, you know, she's leaving home is forgettable, but not the worst on the album. That belongs to Good Morning, Good Morning. It's you didn't irritating. like the animal sound effects at the end. I didn't like any of it. It was irritating. <laughs> um, that being said, we get to the Sergeant Pepper's reprise, which is really cool. I really like that. Um, bringing that back in. A month ago, we were talking about Paradise Theater on this show and how they abuse the reprise. Um, this album, I said it then, does the reprise right, and I stand by that. Um, I also, this is just not apropos of nothing, but um, I forget what which album it's on, but Paul has a live version of the Sgt. Pepper's reprise that is really, really cool. Hmm. Um, he used to close his live shows with the Sgt. Pepper's reprise. And at the end of it, his drummer goes into a drum solo for a minute and they kick in the end from Abbey Road. Mm. And he, yeah. And then he finishes off his shows with, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Um, which is to me, very, very cool. Awesome. Awesome idea. Um, anyway, I get that, like Evan said, that, you know, if, if this is a concept album, you could argue whether it is or it isn't. I'm not going to make a case one way or the other. But if it is, it's predicated on the fact that it's it's a concert from the fictitious Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. A Day in the Life is brilliant as the last <laughs> song on this album for this reason. Because it's the encore. It is the encore of the fictitious concert that we just bore witness to. And it, it has to be at the end. Putting it anywhere else does it a massive disservice. For one, because you cannot follow the most amazing ending note in the history of classic rock. You cannot follow that. Secondly, because it would not be... It does not belong among all these dumb, dopey, silly, psychedelic songs. It's a masterpiece. It's an epic. And it needs to be given the leeway to stand alone. And that's what this does for it. Putting it on the end of the album as the encore to this previous thing is wonderful. And I can't say enough about the song. I love the song. I don't know... I, I won't go as far as to say it is the best Beatles song, but I also don't go far enough to have a counterexample. I don't know what the best Beatles song is, but this is 100% the conversation. Easily the best song on this album. It's a goddamn masterpiece. Um, I think I've made my point on that. <laughs> no, I don't um, think you quite have. Keep yeah, going. Well, I'm out of breath. Encore. So to... <laughs> I call yeah, for an encore. Um, I'm out of breath. All right. Um, we'll go ahead and vote here. Um, 
I'll start with Evan's vote. Um, this is ridiculous. Evan says it's got to be Paul Simon. Uh, the Beatles are good. They're awesome. But everywhere else, they're just so fucking weird. Still Crazy is a lot more consistent than I thought, and uh, I really enjoy the constant chill vibe with the exception uh, made for the Gospel Expedition. So Evan votes for Paul Simon. Um, he is wrong. Emma, tell us why. Uh, he is wrong because Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is so much more of an experience. Like I said, even the weird oddball orphans like Mr. Kite and uh, Fixing a Hole... They have a place here. A day in the life is absolutely gorgeous. It's also it's also not quite my favorite. I think um, that probably belongs to Let It Be. I know that's cliche, but yeah, it's definitely top tier. And it's just I don't know. I I could never argue against it for the sake of Paul Simon. Like it's just there. It's not even a conversation to me. Yeah. And again, I think it is a shame that still crazy as the lamb led the slaughter here, yeah. but it's just the way it is. Uh, Charles? I feel like if Evan said that to even Paul Simon, Paul Simon would laugh in his face. <laughs> and Yeah, I think you're right. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, you're going to go to Billy Shears and you're going to tell him that he is not the man? Freaking Billy, man. He's the one and only. The one and only Billy Shears. Yeah, um, I gotta go with Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I was sitting here thinking after we gave our opening thoughts, I'm like, man, we just spoiled the whole episode, but I don't care. If you're watching this and you thought that Paul Simon had any prayer of winning this, I can't help you. Then you're not um, Evan. You're, you're doing it wrong. Um, yeah, no, it's... Um, you need help from your friends. Right. Um, but don't count me among them. <laughs> um, let's let, let's anyway. quote more songs. God, I'm, I'm really irritated he's not on here in person so we can lambast him to his... I feel face. like we're kind of being horrible. We can't, we're not letting him defend himself. <laughs> like, Well, what he said is indefensible. I don't think there's anything wrong with us. Um, this is yeah, a man. no, Sergeant Pepper's easily, man. Um, not even a question. Paul Simon was good, although to be honest with you, I didn't even vote for this album in the prelims, and I sure no. as hell ain't gonna vote for it against Sergeant Pepper. This is a man that thinks um, Sabaton is better than the Beatles. I respect personal taste until personal taste is wrong. Sergeant Pepper's all the way, uh, which gives us a three to one. God, that feels so wrong to say a three to one win for Sergeant <laughs> Peppers. Uh, moving on to the second round uh, to clash with the wall at a later date. That's a much better and, match, uh, I have to say. That that ties up the uh, the California region of our bracket here. And I'm going to go ahead and give it a little bit of a recap just so we know what we got here. The California region ties up with this episode uh, our first one, we had Jazz by Queen, uh, beat Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen in overtime. Uh, we had At Folsom Prison from Johnny Cash, uh, surpassing Prince's Purple Rain. That makes it the only country album making it to the second round. It's also important to point out, uh, today is the fourth anniversary of Prince's passing. Um, I saw that all over the internet today, and I it's 
super surreal to me to think about that. Um, I do. You know what happened to me today? That was what? so weird. I was driving to get lunch today to get Carrie out, and a car pulled in front of me that had his little purple symbol on their back window. And at that point, I didn't even know that it was the anniversary, but just like, what are the odds that I would yeah. end up near a car with his bumper sticker? Because I assume they didn't just put it on today. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, no. So, yeah. Uh, keep rocking, purple one. Um, we also had uh, Leonard Skinner's uh, self-titled debut, uh, Beat the Doors self-titled debut, um, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors over the Eagles debut album, uh, Tom Petty's Wildflowers over Def Leppard's Pyromania, uh, Fleetwood Mac's 1975 self-titled album. Remember, there are two of them, as stupid as that is. Um, Fleetwood Mac from 1975, uh, massive upset there over the Beach Boys' Pet Sounds. Um, and The Wall over Dolly Parton's 9 to 5 and Odd Jobs and today's Sgt. Pepper's over Still Crazy after all these years. Um, so there we have it. Uh, we move on to the final quadrant of the first round tomorrow with Hart and Dreamboat Annie taking on Neil Young and Harvest. Uh, so a lot of fun that will be. Um, thanks again to my panel. Um, we made the right decision here. Um, Evan. Uh, so I will, uh, I will catch you all later and rock on my friends.